Hello, welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing, we're trying to figure that out before we started. Uh, long set two rings, other people said ample rings, but apparently we're playing one ring uh, as we are back after about That's a far month. too few rings. Very few. <laughs> it's, it's always weird. They call it one ring, but like, if you, I mean, there's tons of rings, you know, there's tons of rings. It's just, it's unfair that that one ring gets all the attention. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, we're back. It's, we've been off for four weeks. Uh, and in that time, we did a little run of Twilight Imperium for uh, for the Genesis system and a couple other games here and there. But we are back, and this is going to be the final arc, right? I don't think we're going to – we might miss a session or two here or there, but we're not going to miss, like, a, a big gap, uh, barring, you know, crazy scheduling. Uh, but, yeah, I think we're going to play from here until the end. Uh, where This is episode 59, I think. <laughs> I, I'm thinking somewhere in the neighborhood of – of i don't know 12 to 20 episodes left is probably what i'm thinking before we we hit the end but we'll see how things go uh let's see we got some some changes in the channel recently so uh so i'll, I'll mention them here we got a couple of new games that are popping up on the channel next week next uh, next friday which is the 7th of july we're starting up delta green so very excited for that uh and in Two weeks, uh, starting on July 13th, we're actually going to start doing a Thursday game for a little bit uh, with uh, some of the folks that we used to I used to play games with over on Garblag. Uh, we're going to start playing some games on Thursday, and we're going to start up with Die, uh, Fantasy Heartbreaker from Rowan Rook and Ticard. Uh, so that's another game that's popping up. Uh, and then, uh, Stephen, what are we doing on, on Tuesday? What's our 4th of July game? We are playing Hot Dog Princess. Uh, think Miss Congeniality, but everyone is a hot dog. Um, it's a government, uh, spec ops team going undercover at a beauty pageant. So that should be a lot of fun. Very patriotic. Of course. It's so strange. That's like the exact plot of Delta green next week too. How did that happen? Did we should have really, <laughs> yeah, we crossed our wires. Did you guys share notes or something? That's so weird. It's so weird. Maybe a brain. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, okay. Why don't we, because I know that if you're listening to this later, if you're watching this later in VOD, all this stuff kind of happens. But for us, it's been, been about a month off. So why don't we do a standard who is everybody type of deal? And then we'll kind of slowly get back into this. So Long, can you tell us and remind everybody who's 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 playing uh, who who you are playing? Who is Floy? Of course, I'm playing Floy, a treasure hunting dwarf at the ripe age of 71. I've had many battles here and there. I've honed my craft, honed my stealth, my scanning. Pretty adventured these days. I like how you say a ripe age of 61, which is very young for a dwarf uh, relative to, to Middle Earth standards. You are very young. You're a youngin. Uh, we talked about that earlier, like way back in the beginning, how like everyone was fairly young, uh, I think, in the party. I think Daggett is relatively to this, to like their, their, their ancestry, uh, the oldest of the party. I'm 108. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is uh, like middle aged. Okay. A, little, a little middle aged, yeah. Uh, moving green. on over. Listen, Stephen, it's not about you, man. I was gonna. I was, it was Floyd, sorry. And I was gonna kill <laughs> you him. brought me up. I Why start talking. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Ashley, tell us a little about Gilly. Uh, I'm playing Gilly Kettlegrass. She is our breed blooded Hobbit. She's her mid thirties, so very young for a Hobbit to be adventuring. Um, and she's got, you know, a couple quirks. She, uh, obviously is terrified of being hit. She's taken some big damage in her life so far. Um, so she usually stays back and uses her bow and arrow. Um, she's mastered the art of disappearing. Um, and what else? 
she has a notebook where she keeps very detailed notes and there may or may not be uh, boudoir uh, images of dwarves. Can't confirm I, or deny. I don't, I don't think a may not is an option. I think everybody knows and the secret's <laughs> out. There's, it's definitely a may. Those notes yeah. are at home now. She doesn't have that book with her at this time. So that's why it's oh. may not. Has she added extra? At home so that your parents could find it while they're cleaning up your Oh, apartment. her mom already knows. Okay. This is your dad. Yeah. She's cool with it. <laughs> okay. 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 Good. Good deal. Very open family. I like to hear that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next up, uh, Melissa, tell us about Arineal. Uh, so Arineal is our champion, uh, Ranger of the North of the party. She is, I think at this point, 24, perhaps 25, uh, also young. She now wields Manozagar, uh, which is the sword that she uh, wields here in this game. Uh, her signature items tend to be her kind of flip-flop back and forth between her snowshoes and her fishing net, depending on the season. Yep, yep. And it is autumn. We are, we are moving into winter. So I feel like those snowshoes are about to come back out into play pretty soon if they haven't been already. So I feel like we're going to see them again. They uh, will. How are we doing on that snowshoes emote? Was that one of the emotes that we were playing? Snowshoes? Oh, it is. Okay. It's on my list. It's yes. uh, It wasn't up high on my list, but maybe I'll move okay. it up for you because winter's coming. Snowshoe. Winter's coming. Hey, that's a different fantasy setting. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, approaching in the campaign. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, our ending will be better. Uh, next up, <laughs> sorry, did I just? Sorry about that. Just a random stray <laughs> to Game of Thrones for no reason. Uh, finally, we can talk about Daggett because he's been chomping at the bit. So, uh, so Stephen, tell us about Daggett. Well, again, uh, Daggett is 108 years old. Uh, you know, a ripe old age. He's graying. <laughs> uh, I'm Daggett. I'm a dwarf captain, the de facto leader of the group. You know, being the older one, the wisest one, everyone kind of looks to me for which way to go, things like that. Um, I'm not as rich and well-dressed as the other dwarf of the group, but uh, with my fancy axe, Block Fong, uh, I can pack a mean punch. Good old Block Fong, uh, which has apparently appeared... And a different game on the channel now. It has. It has it appeared has. in the two. <laughs> Steven, uh, Steven used the exact same uh, icon art for it in a for our, uh, his Forbidden Lands game on Tuesdays. Uh, so clearly uh, he's just uh, plagiarizing me. But that's fine. Uh, that's fine. And then uh, finally, finally, uh, my try tell us about Taraneth. Hello. Uh, I'm playing Taraneth, Tara for short. Uh, pronouns are she, her. And uh, she is also a ranger of the north, um, buddies with Renil. Uh, she is a warden and uh, really not into some of the politics that are happening here at this ranger haven that, that we are at. I'm really excited to dive back in. Yeah, politics. Okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I realized when I, I thought it was a really good idea to leave it at this cliffhanger, but then I realized, man, there's a lot of stuff going on, like politically. It so was maybe, so good. It was so maybe good. Maybe I shouldn't have <laughs> left it at this cliffhanger because now I have to remember all the various things that were going on. So, oh, yeah. Let's say we do a summary <laughs> and then we dive in. So, uh, okay. 
after journeying from Thorabed, which is where we spent a very long time in the last chapter of the campaign, uh, where we met Tara, Tara joined the fellowship, uh, where some of you almost died, uh, we decided to journey to, uh, to, a, to a ranger haven to the northeast uh, in, in a place called the Angle, uh, which is somewhat southwest of Rivendell. Uh, and the, the travel took you through the ruins of Cardolan. Cardolan, one of the successor kingdoms of Arnor uh, that, that fell by the wayside, was, was destroyed during the wars with Angmar, but also uh, through plague. Uh, and uh, you kind of travel through some of these ruins. You saw, you saw things both physical and, you know, and spectral uh, as you were making this travel. And eventually uh, you, you passed through. You found some interesting folks along the way. You, you encountered uh, a, a brown wizard. Uh, and you, uh, you also discovered the, this, this hobbit hole in the middle of nowhere, but eventually you did make it into that, this angle area. You got back to the Grady Swift road. You went over the last bridge and you got into this forested area where the secret, secret ranger haven is kind of scattered about. However, the nights leading, uh, to your arrival here were kind of fraught with these terrible nightmares, uh, that were echoing some of your past failures and concerns, anxieties, future fears. And I think it was, uh, I think it was maybe the first or second night when you had passed over the bridge where all of you fell asleep, your watches kind of collapsed. Uh, and in the morning you were awoken by a, a ranger, a friendly ranger by the name of Vinyator, uh, who led you all to the home of Lady Arisil. Now, Lady Arisil is a ranger, an elder ranger held in very high regard, uh, but also someone who has been causing a bit of strife recently because she has been pushing this, um, this, this plan to abandon the North, abandon the ruins of these old kingdoms that have been gone for generations, for, for more than just generations, for, for centuries. And there's, real no, there's no real need for the Rangers of the North anymore. And she wants to travel or at least take the group south towards, the, uh, towards Gondor and serve them somehow or serve you know, the, the, you know, the, the echoes of their, their past glories. Uh, she gave you sh uh, shelter in her home, kind of looked at some of her artifacts. Uh, I think Floy looked around, Daggett ate a bunch of her food. Uh, she also was trying to kind of push Tara and Arineal, both rangers, on her plan, uh, trying to get her, get the two of you young rangers onto her side. Uh, you also had a, uh, a nice little dinner at her home where you met uh, two young elves by the name of Elrohir and Eladin. Both are sons of Elrond Half-Elven and Celebrion, who you all know, uh, or at least Gilly knows, because you wear her pearl. Um, during the dinner, these young elves actually spied Gilly wearing that pearl. Uh, and there was some tense conversation for a bit, but eventually, uh, like explanations were given, uh, and they were actually kind of happy to leave you with the pearl. And they took, I think it was a piece of a silk or cloth that had been packed away with the pearl as a, as a keepsake of their mother. Um, they also even kind of mold joining your fellowship to Angmar if they could get leave from their companion, Gilrain the Fair. Uh, at night, as you stayed inside Lady Arisil's home, you once more had those nightmares, except they were even worse this time. More intense, more disheartening, so much so that you actually slept in uh, a significant amount of time the next morning uh, where you nearly missed a very important ranger council. You had to be fetched by Vinyator and some of Arisil's house guards. You eventually trekked over uh, to the Chieftain's Lodge uh, in, this, in this haven where there were many rangers that were already like, deeply engaged in a, in a certain amount of debate. Arisil pushing her, uh, pushing her argument. Uh, Gilrain kind of on the other side saying, arguing on behalf of her son, 
that uh, who is considered the chieftain, Aragorn, if you're unfamiliar, arguing to keep the refuge here in the north, uh, that the people here kind of need their protection and that this is their, their, their namesakes, right? It was then that the council was interrupted at the sound of a, a very, a very loud door opening that didn't have the same sort of sound that yours did when you all entered the chamber. Uh, and there was an old man in gray robes, long beard, pointed hat, staff, who looked out at everybody, cleared his throat, and, you know, and, and sort of interrupted the conversation. So we're going to pick up uh, about four or five years later. We're going to do a little time jump. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're going to pick up immediately. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awful? Don't you hate when TV shows do that kind of crap? God, it drives me nuts. Uh, it's like, it really? It's all gonna... a dream. It's it all a dream. Is the other side of that coin. <laughs> Roll for initiative as you're now in combat with Gandalf the Grey. Um, so we're going to pick up. You all are we're inside that chieftain's lodge. Uh, you have taken seats on the far, we'll call it, left wall uh, of the meeting chamber. There is a large circular table in the beginning around which there are, are many of these rangers, about a, a dozen or more uh, that are arguing. You see Lady and Lady Arasil and Gilrain the Fair are kind of on opposite ends of this table, opposite sides from each other, allies kind of flanking them as you're seeing two very clear uh, like rhetorical groups that are, that are making these arguments. Uh, you can see some others... Uh, some other familiar faces to, to a few of you. Uh, I would say Arineal and Floyd and Gilly. You recognize Orifin, uh, who is not necessarily to one side or the other, not necessarily aligned himself, at least physically, with Arasil or with Gilrain. Orifin is a, is a is a blind elderly ranger uh, from Lake Evendim uh, that you uh, that kind of begrudgingly took over leadership of this this refugee group. Uh, he stands at the table. Uh, you can see that near Gilrain, uh, there is a relatively rustic looking man who some folks have referred to as Halberad. Uh, and he seems to be arguing definitely in Gilrain's favor. Vignator, uh, you can, as he, after he seats you all, he slips in behind, uh, Lady Arisil and seems to be on her side. Opposite the wall from yours, you can see that the elves, Elrohir and Eladin, uh, they are, they're sitting there as well, almost restless in some ways in their chairs. They kind of watch the, they've been watching this argument in interest before this gray man's appearance. Maybe they gave a, a very solemn nod to Gilly as she enters the room. Um, you can see near, near them, actually, uh, another person that might be of interest. Uh, there is a hobbit with aging blonde hair who seems to be scribbling or sketching into this unfurled parchment in her lap. But all has very much gone quiet uh, as uh, all eyes have turned to the entranceway where this old man stands uh, in robes. And in the silence, and he's got a not unkind look on his face. He looks mildly embarrassed, uh, but it's Gilrain who actually speaks up and she has a very sincere smile on her face. And she says, you are late, Gandalf. And Gandalf clears his throat uh, looks around and he says, um, I have said this before. I'll say it many times again. Wizard is never late. My lady Gilrain, they arrive exactly when they mean to. And then it's actually Lady Arasil who then speaks up with a little more annoyance in her voice. And she says, so you meant to have arrived only after 
We have engaged in hard conversation for hours on end, interrupting our counsel, or are you merely in the habit of arriving late and taking credit and glory from those who have endured the troubling times? And like almost like a record scratch as the silence just walks through the room once more and Gandalf and Lady Arisal have this intense stare off for a minute, but she doesn't back down at all. Like she does not back down from this old man. Now, most of you have no idea who this old man is. It's just this old man just walked into this room and Gandalf is a name that kind of flops out there. Maybe Tara or Ari might have heard the name here or there, but I would say Floyd and Daggett and Gilly, probably unlikely. Maybe a name mentioned by Balin uh, at some point might have happened, uh, but you've never met. Um, so as that, like, that silence, you can kind of feel your heart's beating a little bit. It gets very, very, like breaths start coming in and out. Everyone's sort of starting to avert their eyes a bit. And then finally, it's Gilrain who speaks up once more. And she's just like, perhaps an interruption is exactly what we need, Lady Erisil. Let us break for refreshment and to clear our minds. We'll reconvene in an hour when we'll resume our discussions and open the council to new business. And at that point, everyone just kind of takes a deep breath, this collective, uh, this collective sigh. And... People start breaking off into little groups at this point. You're seeing Gilrain kind of moves up to, to greet Gandalf. You see some of the other groups like Lady Aracel and hers are kind of splitting off into a small little pack. And there's you all as all these little conversations are starting to go. So how are you all taking this and what are you all doing? I would say Daggett is happy to watch the drama unfolding. Uh, you know, like one of his uh, weekly stories. And uh, if they said that we're going to take a break for refreshments, I think he would uh, go to get a snack and just try to eavesdrop. Okay. Uh, you, I'll say you notice there, there's no other dwarves here, uh, but I'll say you do see uh, that, um, that the hobbit on the other side of the room hops down from her chair. The rustic looking man, whose name you've heard a few times is Halbarad, steps over and the two of them engage in a conversation and you overhear this mention of a larder and like a food and they kind of scoot past some of the group that had been right in front of the entrance point where Gandalf and Gilrain are now talking and you see them sneaking off a bit down the hall, follow them a bit and you can see, yeah, there's this big spread of food and nothing, nothing so grandiose as what you had last night, but there's plenty of food, plenty of refreshment, ale, etc. And there's other folks that kind of follow along. And you can mingle in amongst the amongst the snack crowd, if that's your preference. They've been holding out on us. I thought I already raided the larder. They have a second <laughs> one. Uh, what is everyone else doing? I'll save some for me, Daggett. But I'm going to go introduce, or not introduce, but re-meet with Orphim, see how he's doing, and start introducing myself to just a couple people around. So... You head over towards Orifin. Now, Orifin, remember, is an older man. Uh, definitely was beyond his his years, his leadership years. There were actually younger folk that were in charge of that group of rangers who were trying to settle uh, the islands, the islets in the middle uh, of uh, of uh, Lake Evendim. And just through a series of all these different tragic deaths, he kind of just by default ascended to some level of leadership. Orineal declined to lead them. So he stepped up and 
You get within a few feet and he's got these wrappings around his eyes and there's a few folks near him, but he seems to be moving by. He seems in much better health than the last you saw him. Like his, he, he definitely looks like there's color back to his skin. Uh, his hair is kind of well cleaned. He's, he's better dressed. Everything about him looks to be healthier. And when you get within a few, uh, a few feet, you, you suddenly see his nose kind of, kind of, kind of twinkle a little bit and say, <clears throat> I smell dwarf. Is that dwarf in here? Yeah, oh, Orphim, it's me, Floy. You look great. Floy? Well, what? I would say a sight for sore eyes, but I am afraid my eyes are particularly sore currently, but it is, it is a welcome treat to hear your voice. I would not have expected it in these halls. My goodness, and you, you see him without any issues, just sort of moves right in your direction, your voice kind of reaches out and down, and you see him sort of put his hand on your shoulder and, and he extends his other, his other hand out for like a, like a forearm clasp. Uh, I am uh, I'm very pleased to hear your voice. Now tell me, is the rest of your fellowship with you? Yeah, the others are here as well. It looks like you made it fine. It was a uh, very long months of travel, but most of it was uh, it's not too, 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 too difficult. The uh, hobbits of the Shire are quite a... Uh, Quite endearing, uh, surprisingly so. And then we spent a, a week in Bree. Uh, and uh, finally, we traversed across here. We've been here for some months now. Uh, they've even been so kind as to give us uh, the, the work of a, of a cabin. Uh, about uh, three hours from here, I would be happy to show it to you if you're interested. And uh, no, no additional tragedies along the way. Thankfully, everyone is in better health and uh, happy to be amongst friends. Uh, what uh, what brings you here? We're looking for allies in upcoming battles. <laughs> well, uh, allies in an upcoming battle. Uh, well, uh, I would be uh, I would be very rude of me if I were to deny you our assistance. I would be happy to hear uh, hear about your. Your plight, um, there are several bits of business on the table. Are you planning to bring your your issues to the council? Yes, I'm going to bring it to anyone that lent me an ear. Mm. They sh if they shall accept this offer, uh, the better. I see. Well, you've come at a very curious time. I'm afraid to say there is some tension and some strife amongst those who inhabit the haven and those who do not. Uh, I'm not sure how much of this conversation you caught, but there is some, um, well, disquiet as the chieftain is not here and Lady Gilrain is doing what she can to keep, to keep the peace. But there are others here who are very eager to find purpose. But I think their purpose is driving them southward. Yes, I can certainly feel it, but I think it'll work its way out. Hmm. Perhaps, perhaps it will. Perhaps it will. Division, however, is very dangerous. Very dangerous indeed. The division cracks. Shadow can, can seep in. We never quite know what dangers might, uh, might be uncovered. Hmm. <laughs> 
Well, um, and he, you can see he's kind of moving. You're seeing he's trying to like look a bit, but he's struggling kind of between the bandages a bit. Uh, but uh, who else is here? Uh, the Hobbit, uh, the young Hobbit, uh, Miss Kettlegrass. Uh, is she with you or, or, or already you? Uh, yeah, they both are. I'll wave them over. Uh, and Hello. You, oh, that is a voice I have not heard for some time, but I am very pleased to hear once more. Miss Kettlegrass, oh, it is, it is wonderful to hear you. Wonderful indeed. Such a indeed. pleasure. And you're well? Oh, I am fit as a fiddle, indeed. I am. Uh, it, uh, they, have, they have filled our bellies. Uh, we have gotten many a good night's rest. The dangers here are not as, uh, well, there are some, of course, but not nearly as total and as existential as the creature in Lake Nainuel, so... Yes, it is much, much safer here. Good, good. And did you, and did you know there's another hobbit here? This is the second I, hobbit. I heard, I, do you know their name? I was going to introduce, but she seems to have yes. slipped out of the room. Yes, uh, I do. Uh, Miss Stonesinger, I believe, of the Shire. Oh. Well, late of the Shire, I believe she is ostracized, self-imposed, exiled. I'm not entirely sure of the story. She's a friend of Halberad, that I know. He's a fine man, fine man, if if in need of a very good bath, but yes. I will certainly have to make an introduction. We did come across a hobbit hole on our way here. I presume maybe that was her home then? I could not, could not say. Uh, I'm sure she would be happy to speak with another of her kind. It, it's so rare to, to find you out in the world. It's true. And, and is Renewal or, or, or Soren, dear? Uh, so Renewal had heard Floy sort of kind of call over. And so she's like looking over at Gandalf and looking back and looking over at Gandalf. And she kind of drops her head and kind of walks over. He, very good to see you again. Ah, that is a voice that pleases me to hear. You've done well. You are here. We've taken different paths, but we have rejoined. I'm glad to hear your voice, Irene. Are you well? Yes, it has been quite a trying several months since our paths crossed. I am, I have to say, I am very thankful to see you here. It was much longer than several months, actually, and... It's been quite some time. Time passes, does it not? Yes. I, uh, how long have you been in Haven? Your paths have not crossed. I have not heard news of your arrival. Uh, no, just, uh, we, we arrived very recently. We took, uh, quite the long way around. We actually came in from the south. From <laughs> the south? Last we saw you was by the lake, even to out west. Uh, yes, we've... Traveled quite far and wide. I will be happy to hear the stories. I will... I can't say the telling of them will bring much joy, but I agree that the more we share our story, the more informed everyone will be. Uh, that sounds very grim. Very grim indeed. Um, well, uh, my voice is a bit parched. Don't mind me, I'm going to get some uh, refreshment before uh, conversation begins. 
if that is all right, uh, I believe. And you can see he's sort of reaching out and there's a kind of a young woman, probably in her, you know, a little older than you or Neil, maybe in her young thirties who's nearby and kind of slips an arm under his and like, ah, oh, there we go. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, you can see he's like, if you, if you okay, of course you can come with, uh, but we're going to get a little, uh, little small, uh, small replenishment. That's all right oh. with you. I, I, yes, I, I would never say no. Yeah, excellent. So he begins to leave the room. What's Tara doing in all of this? Where do we see her go? Sorry, I was muted and having a hard time on muting. Um, uh, so Meta, I just, I wanted to have everybody like, have their conversations with with various folks so i'm really glad that's happened but like uh i i think uh tara's just kind of internalizing a lot of what aerosol had been saying and uh given how uh reverential she is about lady gilrain um i think she's hardened to see that she's on the other side of the argument to Aracel. And uh, so similar to Daggett, but without uh, seeking out refreshments, just kind of taking in the the discussion and the gauging the tenor of what's being said. And and uh, if it's if it's just talk or if there's substance to it. Uh, okay, if that's the case, Daggett and Terry, you're both kind of Eavesdropping is a very negative word here, but you're listening, you know, you're hearing, you're taking the temperature of the rooms, etc. Yeah. So if you would like, uh, you can roll, let's say, an awareness test, maybe, just to kind of awesome. uh, kind of get a feel for what's being said. I'll also take scan, I think, as you're sort of listening, perhaps also for like that one bit of information that might be, you know, slip, slipping through the cracks here and there. Can we yeah, choose can which one we're ruling? Or of course. yeah, it's up okay. To you. So I'm I'm gonna roll awareness. <laughs> I was in trouble now, you said. And that's that's right. Yeah, no, that's I'm not like, that's not his voice, but yeah. <laughs> that's good. Uh it's a twenty-one with one six. Okay, so uh very uh, very good. Uh that is a great success. Uh how about you, Daggett? Yeah, uh I failed and rolled the Sauron. Oh no! You, you really were dropping no weeds. <laughs> it's great to be back in the game, you guys. Uh, I, I think I'm gonna have to keep track of this. Okay. There we go. All he's right, like leaning against number. the wall, and he tries to lean too far and just falls over. <laughs> okay, so uh, well, let's start with Tara because you you passed. You were successful. You're just kind of trying to get, again, you're, you're saying you're getting a tenor of the room, if that's, if yeah. that's what you're saying. Um, yeah. Okay. So definitely if you're, if you're lurking a bit or trying necessarily not to, you're trying not to necessarily sound like you're eavesdropping, but um, you get the sense that Gilrain and Gandalf are very happy to hear one another, but you're feeling, I would say this, the sense you're getting from Gilrain is that much of like she's there's there's probably a kind of dread but a frustration that is bubbling up 
that is barely coming through and Gandalf is trying to kind of keep her, uh, you know, keep her calm, keep her focused here and there. Um, there is a wisp of a mention of her son, but it's quickly like, you know, sort of broken away as that that's not something that's really discussed in company like this, even trusted company. Uh, but you're getting the sense that there's definite um, frustration uh, with, uh, with how Aerosil's handling it. The absence of Aragorn, the chieftain, is certainly, and, and Gilrain too, who lives in Rivendell, has done no favors uh, to the position of remaining in the north. And that Lady Aerosil is actually growing uh, a uh, like the she she's, seems to be winning. The tide is turning in her direction, mainly because she's present, and everyone on this other side is sort of not present. So it's, it's easy for them to say we should stay here and range and protect when Aragorn isn't even, from what you hear, isn't even in Eriador, isn't even in you know the north. He's somewhere else, and Gilrain spends all of her time in Rivendell, only coming here every so often to pay respects to her husband. Uh, so, so there's definitely that concern. Uh, and I would say because you got an extra success, the other thing you've heard, I'm trying to look if there's like another little, little nugget I can give you. You've heard as well that, um, Aracil has, a, she has put together effectively like somewhere in the neighborhood of two dozen Two dozen of age, like warriors, people who are capable, not not older, like Orifin, not younger, like children, but people who are are capable right now as as like a, a mercenary group, as a guard group to travel south. And there's there's ample discussion of it specifically of that. Uh, so I would say those are the things you're hearing. It 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 sounds good on the surface. Like Gilrain is definitely trying to keep up appearances, but you're, you're getting the sense from both her over listening to her conversation and maybe some of the others that things are not moving in her direction. Can I ask a question? To of course. Clarify? Um, the, the purpose of heading South, um, and, and you may have already shared this. I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, been a month if, if you have, uh, but uh, is the purpose that Aerosol is is saying the motivation that we should go south is that we are wasted here and nothing's really going on, so we should go down and make some scratch while we have the time, rather than this is no longer our fight and we should not be fed. Like she she's ignoring is she ignoring the shadow or is she saying the shadow doesn't exist? She is not, it's not necessarily a, like a monetary or wealth issue. It's more of a, like her argument has been that the, that Arner and its petty successor kingdoms, they are ruined and they have been ruined for centuries and they are not coming back and staying here as pretend defenders of a realm of kingdoms that don't even exist anymore is a waste of their time and that they should find better purpose down with Gondor, and while they maybe it. it's the Southern Kingdom, but it's better than better than nothing, better than defending ruins. Got it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Daggett. Daggett, at a certain point, 
you can see, you hear the sounds of, of voices. You're, you're moving about this buffet table that's set off to the side, snagging like fruits and vegetables. And you see some meats and such, pouring some, some goblets filled with, 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 with ale. It's just frothing over. And you hear voices coming and the door opens. And once more, it's that man in gray. And you can see that Gilrain, they're like arm in arm. She is an older woman, but she is uh, quite, she definitely looks like elegant, almost royal like, you know, like royalty like in the way that she, you know, her, her stature. And everyone does seem to kind of look at her with, with that kind of reverence. And then, get, you know, this, this Gandalf guy, whoever that is to you. Dacket, while you're, while you're eating, you, you, you feel eyes on you. And now you drink a cup, you know, and you got, you get the froth off your, off your beard and you look up and that old man is staring at you. And with this furrowed brow, not kind any longer, it's very dark brow, kind of staring at you, eyes drifting up briefly to block Fong as it protrudes over your shoulder. No one took your weapons. Everyone's got weapons here. And just kind of staring at you, raises an eyebrow briefly, and then kind of turns back to his conversation and puts a piece of cheese in his mouth. But you see, once more, his eye looks over in your direction as this happens. I will load up my plate with all the cheeses and meats and go to the far side of the room away from him. Okay. All right, so Gilly... Arineal, you all, I, I, Gilly for sure. I don't know actually about Floyd Arineal. Gilly for sure, you are going with Orofin and his group, eating some food here and there. Gilly, when you move into this larger chamber where, where refreshments are being set up, uh, you can see that the Hobbit, uh, the Hobbit woman is out on like a balcony area. And she and that Halberod man uh, are currently eating. Either each of them are kind of popping uh, various bits of bread. Uh, and little tiny bits of fruit and cheese into their mouths, and they're talking here and there. And they seem to be fairly animated. Um, also around the room, you see Daggett has essentially slunk into a corner and is very wallflowery, you know, kind of creepy-like in the shadows, uh, just kind of sitting there. The torchlight in here is not casting onto him, so it actually looks like he's just sort of creeping in the shadows, shadows a bit. Uh, and then let's keep an eye on Arineal and Floyd. Where where will we say the two of you have gone and what have you been trying to do? I did tell Daggett to save me some refreshments, so I'm going to find him. Okay, you come into the room and you can't see him at first. You're looking around, you're looking around, looking around. And then finally you see him in this recessed corner all by himself. He's got a look on his face that is not, uh, it's not healthy looking. Uh, it's a little, it, it's almost like he's, he's got that classic case of lifting your arm over your food and protecting it, afraid that someone else might snatch it from you. He's got some small stone plate in one arm and he's kind of huddling and every now and then he's just kind of looking up and peeking at that man in gray, but then quickly and shiftily moving his eyes back down to his plate. He looks a little uncomfortable, so to speak. Daggett, what have you got me? I, nothing. It's all on the table. Get your own. 
Has something spooked you? No, no, of course not. Nothing. I just, there's not much here, and I just, uh, I can't share. Have you seen that old man? Yeah, you walked in earlier, right? He's got a foul look to him. How, how? Like he smelled something foul? No, he just seems unnatural. Natural. He, he said he was a wizard. I don't like him. Did you talk to him? No, no, of course not. I'm eating. Get out of the corner. Come on. Show me where you got that. All right. Just let's go this way. And I start going like the longer way around the room. As you go the longer way around the room, you kind of drop something on the ground. You know, part of your, and you reach down to pick it up. And you start moving and you bump and you, boom, you thump right into somebody. And it's just gray right in front of you. As your head looks up, you see a relatively tall, Old man with a gray beard looking down at you with a very stern look on his face. Pardon me, Mr. Dwarf. What brings two dwarves of the Blue Mountains out this way? Hmm. And there is this Gandalf fellow kind of looking at you curiously, kind of doing some kind of, like you can see his mind is kind of racing. You don't know what he's thinking, but he's standing right in your way. And he was surprisingly sturdy when you bumped into him. Our feet and our ponies brought us. What is it to you? Mm, that's not very uh, courteous. How about you? And he turns to Floyd, but still oh. somehow manages to keep like one eye on Daggett, like looking at the corner of his eye. Pardon my cousin you... Daggett here. Our fellowship just found our way here to reunite with old friends. Mm, indeed, old friends uh, of dwarves are here. Oh, fellow rangers. Fellow rangers? You count yourself among them? Oh, no. Some of our fellowship do. I see. But any allies of ours? Potential allies? Hmm. How is it you travel with? You said, how is it? Who is it you travel with? I'm not sure if you know them, but I am Foloy. This is Daggett. I travel with a hobbit named Gilly and two rangers. Renial and Terran. Mm. Two dwarves, two rangers, and a hobbit are a fellowship. What is the purpose of your fellowship, if I might ask? And then well, you see him look you up and down, Floy, almost judgmentally. Looks over at Daggett. Daggett, you've got Block Fong and some of your other trinkets. Treasure hunters, perhaps. Sharp eye. I am a treasure hunter, but that's not our fellowship's purpose. Mm. What is it then? Well, we fight the shadow, believe it or not. Fight the shadow, do you? Hmm. Do you? Well, if that is the case, then count me amongst your allies. But no, yes. Oh, yes, of course. 
But I should warn you that there are trinkets you carry that are not as... Cleansed. The shadow as you'd think. Take this... This one's... This one's weapon here. Where did you find that, young man? Take a half step back. I want it in a battle. You want it in a battle, you did? Yes. With... A hillfolk named Lottie. Hillfolk? Hmm. Curious. And I assume they are no more? She is no more. You killed her, looted her corpse, now parade around with a very tarnished weapon on your back. Feel proud of this, dude. I polished it this morning. Some tarnish is not visible to the eye. Do they look like they're being scolded? Oh, very much so. Uh, okay. Yeah, very much so. After a minute of this, uh, Gilly's going to approach with her hands on her hips. Um, Pardon, is there an issue here? No. Oh, well, there is. There are many issues at hand, it seems. Uh, for one... You are very much underfoot. Be very careful when you step. There are many tall people amongst us. Are you of the... Kind of eyes you down. Hmm. Uh, delving, perhaps? No, 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 that's not right. No, uh, I am a hobbit of Bree, sir. Bree. Have my companions caused you any ire? I sense some uh, distrust here. He turns back towards the door. This is the hobbit that you are traveling with. Have they caused me harm? No. Is there a reason for you to be concerned that they might try to cause me harm, Mr. Hobbit? No, but sometimes their way with words is lacking. Forgive me, Floy. Uh, she ignores Daggett. <laughs> Generally, uh, I try. I try. Floy and I try to handle communications for our group. I see. I should uh, make sure my communications go through you, then, and not this one. And when he says this one, there's sort of a tone to it as he looks down at Daggett and he says that. Hmm. Uh, well, and what was your name again, young lady? I am Gilly Kettlegrass. Pleasure to meet you, Gilly Kettlegrass. My name is Gandalf. Uh Pleasure to meet you. Will you be on the council? We do have concerns we wish to present. Oh, this is a ranger council, and I am no ranger. After you, you said you were a what? What? A wizard? I said nothing of the sort. I am just an old man with a walking uh, stick. Really? He, he says goes, he's an ally. Stop! Stop! Like with it, really? Oh, okay. Well. I suppose. Um, are you a scholar as well, then? As well? Does that mean you are? Of course. Mm, I shall be happy to hear what you have learned. What is your focus? Uh, I'm still rather young, so no uh, general focus, but at this time it has been all of our encounters with the Shadow. Uh, well, I that is a very, very general and broad category. 
Yes. Uh, so far, we've had far too many encounters with nameless things, I must say. Nameless? How does one chronicle a thing that does not have a name? By deeming it nameless. Hmm. It's far well, too great to have one. Seems very circular, I think. Well, I shall be curious to hear some of your stories with these nameless things. Yes. Well, hmm. uh, I am sure my companions are very hungry. Would you like me to gather you a plate as well, sir? No. That's very kind of you, Miss Kettlegrass. I would be delighted. Thank you. And she does what Gilly does, and she gets the dwarves at a table, and she helps pile food on them, and she gets her own, and she visits Gandalf and gives him a plate, uh, mm. and just kind of hovers. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll uh, we'll cut over then. Uh, um, Tara, oh, go ahead, go ahead. You got some? As like we're starting to split off, like Gandalf is getting some space. Daggett would turn to Floyd and. Just say, I find these wizards to be quite rude. All of their kind. Have you met many before? We met the brown one and now the gray one. There can't be many more, can there? They seem odd, but I've seen no ill intentions. I'm not so sure. And then I'll go and help myself to more food. Eat my problems away. Okay. Yeah. Eat your problems away. Okay. You know that feeling. Uh, Tara or Arineal, what would we say the two of you are up to in this little social dynamic? What's going on now? Uh, Tara's been pretty focused on, on what's happening with the range of politics, so I, I don't think there's anything too different than what I had done before. Uh, so uh, certainly, Arineal, if you have something. I think Arineal would have been, she was genuinely pleased to see Orphan, but wasn't particularly uh, comfortable in that interaction because she did know that she had to make a choice. And so she did sort of kind of slink away from that kind of once that was over. Um, and so she probably would have um, tried to kind of go over to the interaction with Gandalf and probably came in a little too late. Okay. So uh, you come in as like Gilly sweeps them away, sets the doors off to the side. She sees and, yeah. you, motions you to join the doors at the table. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, is anyone else looking to do anything or visit with anyone or is it just food, dinner, and then, you know, or, or whatever this is afternoon and then eventually back to, is anyone looking to tr try to accomplish anything before the, the council is, is remade? If there's time introductions to the Hobbit, but. If you would like to, yeah, sure. So, okay. We'll say you leave the dwarves unprotected. Uh, wander off onto the balcony where you see both, uh, yeah, you see this, this man in his sort of, again, rustic looking clothing, not unlike, you know, the way you've seen Talendil, but Talendil certainly had a, a sort of a more stately look to him. This guy looks a little bit more 
uh, a little more rough and tumble. Uh, he turns to look at you, and uh, you can see the eyes of the hobbit go very wide. And she says, well, look what we have here. Well, hello there, uh, hello. fellow hobbit. Uh, I'm Gilly Kettlegrass. Gilly Kettlegrass. I'm Bailey Stone Singer. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. I could say the same. I was very surprised to, to, to see you across the room. Well, just think of the surprise I felt when I saw you walking in with your, your dwarf friends, of all things. Who brings a dwarf to a ranger council? Rangers and a hobbit. Fair enough. That's exactly correct, <laughs> I think. Well, well, what business do you have here? Uh, we came to check in on Orphan and the group from Lake Evendem. I'm afraid uh, I'm not too familiar Orphan. I think he's the old man with the uh, with the trouble yes. scene. Mm -hmm. I don't know him particularly well, but he seems friendly enough. Yeah, they're good people. Uh, bad times, I suppose, but we hmm. were coming to look for assistance. What are, What might you be doing down here? Well, winter's coming, and uh, it's a little bit uh, cold uh, off in my hobbit hole, and so the rangers are kind enough to let me stay here through the winter. Oh, I believe we did come across your home on our way here. Uh, you could see, like, her eyebrows. What do you mean, come across my home? Uh, well, I saw your beautifully tended garden, and then I did What did you do with it? Did you, did you get your dwarven grubby hands or knocking my, my flowers over? Oh, oh no. I, I made sure that they stayed properly with your with your beautiful garden. Uh, but we were worried that perhaps it looked like you had left for a while, so we tried looking for you. But I'm glad that we found you here and you're safe. Mm. Oh, I see. Do you make a habit... Of wandered into people's homes when they, you know, go out for an evening or, or a small little visit to friends on the other side of the Shire? Do you do that often? You know, we've been out in the woods a lot, so coming across a home was a little, with no one there, was a little concerning. I see. I see. So, you're wandering through the woods. You come across a person's home. They're not there. And so you decide to just go inside, poke around, look around, do this and that, mess all sorts of things up. Is that what you're saying? Oh, no. I just peeked to see if you were there and you weren't. So we stayed outside. Do we know each other? Now, thankfully. But uh, I not do then. apologize for encroaching upon your territory. And you, uh, you hear like a clearing of the throat. Uh, <clears throat> Bailey, you're being rude. Uh, I beg your pardon, uh, Miss, uh, what was Kettle it grass. again? Kettlegrass. Uh, Bailey is, um, not the best with manners, you see. She, this happens when you live on your own, uh, and, uh, such, uh, such behavior is a bit unbecoming for, and she's kind of like talking to you, but then turns to face her, talking to you, turns to face her, but take no offense, and neither should you, Bailey, of course. Uh, Miss Kesselgrass, um, what brings you, uh, to the Ranger Haven? Are you 
friend was someone here. I saw you walk in with somewhat familiar face. Um, what was her name? Terenith. That was what? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm getting to know Terenith. She is, she is lovely. Uh, but I have been traveling mainly with Arineal, and now Terra has joined our fellowship. Arineal. That sounds very familiar. Hmm. Kent. Hmm. Can't say I, I believe mean. her, if I recall correctly, her mother is Moriel. And you can see his eyes kind of go wide. Of course, yes, indeed. Oh, I have not seen her since she was a mere babe. And he kind of yes. holds up hand like like a fish, like this <laughs> this big. <laughs> uh, yes, I we're I wish we were here on better circumstances, but we are here looking for assistance. Assistance. Um, with what? Uh, it's, it's a heavy topic that we will bring upon the council, but, uh, our, our journey to the north to... Well, we uh, are in the north. Further to, uh... <laughs> further north. Uh, yes. Um, there is not much up there, but, um, bad memories and waste. The loss of people if you go a certain direction. An, an active shadow. Um, active shadow. I want to. I want to kind of just back up a bit. Like the way in which, like the rhetoric of like throwing shadow out there like this is is very like it's super generic. It's it's sort yeah. of like you know what I mean. So it's just like Gilly's trying to be coy about it without letting out too okay. much, but she's also trying to be honest. Okay. Um. All right. I mean, he'll just sort of raise an eyebrow at that, but probably won't engage in it much more if you're just if you're yeah. just dropping like generic stuff like he's a ranger so like yeah. you know, dealing with you know this kind of stuff is like not really you know it's his business so he's well i wish you luck um perhaps there's somebody within the, within the community who could lend aid to you if uh if Terenith and Aurelio are incapable um perhaps they can find some others yes well uh tell tell me about yourself uh what about me, uh, yes. well, uh, I, I mean, I, my post is uh, by the, the Shire. You, I couldn't help but overhear. You are not of the Shire. Ah, yes, no. Uh, I, I was born and raised in Bree. In Bree, and you can see, you hear just like this. Oh, that explains it. <laughs> from like, below. <laughs> and she just sort of rolls her eyes and puts a big old chunk of cheese in her mouth. That explains it. Um, and he just, quiet now, don't be rude. Uh, yes, I've um, I've been stationed around, around the Shire for a very long while now. And come to visit from time to time. It's where I met my, my dear friend Bailey here. Um, we uh, go back several years at this point. Uh, met her north of Hardbottle, I think it was. Uh, killed a troll. I was wandering about the green fields, and uh, oh, wow. that's where we met. Yeah, yeah. Um, not much more to tell, I suppose. Very open-ended question there. But anyhow, tell us about uh, yourself. Uh, and and Gilly does kind of give like a condensed version of some of our adventures so far, mainly up until we met the uh, like up to like Evendem, like that sort of adventure. Hmm. Uh, 
and she puts on a great show of like telling the story and how Floy saved her life when she got bit by the creature of like uh, Evendim. And yeah. Mm-hmm. That is quite a story to tell, Miss Castlegrass. There are many ranger within this community who have not slayed a foe of that, uh, well, of that severity. I think perhaps you should uh, stop selling yourself short, being coy. These people here are, well, they're competent, of course. Most have only faced down an orc or a goblin, perhaps a troll. But you, (laughs) you tell a very tall tale. I'm not high behind it. Don't boast, of course, but uh, yeah. it's not very often they meet a hobbit who's traveled and has seen as many things as you have and done as many things as you have, but can I give you a secret? Of course. There are very few of us. We are a, a network, yes, of information, but information moves slow. And we are not mm, total in our knowledge. There are many things that happen throughout Throughout the north, in the Bree lands, the lone lands, that we are unaware of. And the only way for us to become aware of it is if you are to share. You understand? Yes, that, that is a good point. And I am a scholar, so that should be, I, sh- I should make that more of a priority. Oh, she's a scholar now. Oh, look at this. Isn't that great? <laughs> she's a and- monster slayer. She's a scholar. Anything else that you do, Miss Sarah, I do everything. She's a little sassy. Yeah, and <laughs> Gilly was like, "I did see. Were you drawing in the in the meeting? Could I could I see your drawings? I heard you were talented. You heard I was talented. Well, I I presumed. You presumed I was talented. Those are two different things. Which one is it? Presumed? Heard? I hadn't gotten to speak to much of anyone yet, uh, but so presumed. I will land on that. Yes. Well, I am. And like her sarcasm goes right over Gilly's head. She does not take it personally at all. Mm -hmm. Well, you presume correctly. I'm quite talented, but no, I don't think we have time. As you can see, it looks like the council is about to get started again. Perhaps later. Wonderful. So you can see, like, you, you look over your shoulder. People are kind of getting called back away. I'll give you all a moment if there's anything else you're looking to do during this, like, little break. Is there anything else anyone's there, looking there to do? There is something Tara would like to now that uh, I I've, uh, would like to have an audience with Gilrain and Erso, if that's possible. So you, It doesn't who, need to be discreet, but... Oh, uh, oh Lady Erso. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, sure, yeah, you can probably meet up with her. Uh yeah. Uh can I meet up with both of them or just just Arisol? Who was the second? Lady Arisol who else? Uh at the same time, bring them together at the same time. Um yeah. they've separated. Um I okay. would say. Yeah, they, they do seem uh, to be keeping Then the I sides. will go see Gilrain. Okay. Uh how familiar are you with Gilrain? How much have you have you, have you met? I, her I know uh I've met her briefly, uh, but I would okay. say not more than an acquaintanceship at best. Okay. Uh when you walk up, she turns to you, she smiles with recognition, and she says, My dear Terraneth, thank you for joining us. I was not aware that you were in the haven in the community. It's a 
Pleasure Lady to see you Gilroy again. The, it, it was not. It was not planned. I. I am glad I am here as well. Uh, may I take a few minutes of your time? I would not ask if it wasn't important. She looks around at this point. She can see that some of the group is starting to break up. Um, moment two, perhaps. We do have business to attend to, but I have a moment or two, of course, Terenith. What can Wonderful. I do for I you? I will be direct and quick. Uh, the reason I, I uh, approach you in this moment is that I have joined up with uh, Irenio, uh, who you might know from her work as, as recent as Saving Orphan from a nameless thing. Uh, and several other things, and she travels with the companions that assisted her in that fight. Uh, we have formed a band and have found that there is a growing threat that requires our uh, that that requires our attention. And the presence here is really a stop towards Angmar. Uh, we head there to fight potentially one of the lieutenants of the shadow. And that is not a fight we can take on by ourselves. And I know that there is a force 12 dozen or two dozen strong that has been created to head south for, for ourselves. Uh, uh, ill-advised venture <laughs> but I I would like to know if there's a way for us to discuss perhaps having at least a portion of that force if not that force in full join us in our fight before they head south so she's got a goblet in her hand and she sipped it and her hand just kind of now hovers in front of her, and a goblet hovers kind of in front of her face. Well, you asked for a moment or two. You are, you are not kidding, are you? Um, <laughs> that is very serious, serious story you have to tell. One that I imagine there are more details I would like you to share. Yes. Hmm. I, I did not want to uh, bog you down with those details now, but I... I Certainly, I will not hide any any information from you should there be more time to discuss this. The council is opening up new business after our recess. If you are prepared, you and your companions could offer this to the council itself. We can weigh and consider it. And from there, perhaps we might find some sort of arrangements, indeed. Would it be, would it help sweeten the pot at all to offer my own services for a finite amount of time in the South to get this fighting force immediately? Well, um, Lady Aracil's venture, as you call it, is not one that is an official agreed upon task. It's her own doing. Mm. She has been aggressive in her pursuit of me and of of Irenil and my services. Mm. 
I would imagine she is looking to collect as many allies as possible. She is very, well, anxious. She toils here, looking for purpose, looking for duty, looking for something. Perhaps you might be able to entice her with that. There is something, some growing threat in the north, some something of more purpose, something of more import than just and just guarding old ruins. Well, that might be enough to entice her. Appeal to her, and she kind of looks around before she says this. Appeal to her pride and her vanity. That is how you win over Lady Arisil. She likes to think of herself as having great importance. She does. However, it is not in reality as large as she seems to think so. But if we entertain it in such a way, she is more pliable. Tara has a small voice. Like, I, I am very good at pleasing and and she is almost about to say pretend autocrats, but she decides not to. <laughs> and and but and so she she kind of trails off. But uh, Gilrain is smart, and I'm sure it can move between the lines. <laughs> now, I would be happy to talk about this more later, but we have business to attend to. I am being motioned at by oh goodness. Work never ends. I shall see you no. inside. I appreciate time, Lillian. I, as I said, would not have taken it if it was not important. Indeed. And she gives her leave. And you see everyone starts to kind of funnel back in. And anyone else? Can I go business? find Gilly? I'm so sorry. Just to wrap this up, can I go find Gilly? Yeah, Gilly is, I mean, probably still on the on the balcony as like... Um, you know, Halberad and, and Bailey start to move inside. You can probably see Gilly getting ready to come inside as well. Cool. So uh, just just to finish up this little piece, uh, I'm going to share with Gilly what has just transpired. Um, and I'm going to suggest or saying that you spin tails better than any of us. If you can do so appealing to Aerosol's pride and vanity, um, I will certainly assist in in that endeavor. Uh, but do you think perhaps you can lead us in in making this request? I do. I do believe we were intending to present our our plight at the council. Yeah, I'm specifically sharing that piece about uh, how to frame what you yeah. need to frame. <laughs> yeah. Which and and and. Which Gilly was like, okay, okay. That's it. Thank you. Uh, Floy or Daggett or Rineal, have you been wanting to do anything before we move forward into this council meeting? Before the council's Rineal called, have... I'll just pocket as much cheese as I can for the council. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> you have a moment where you're doing the same thing and you look over and there's that man in gray and he looks at you but he's literally doing the same thing. And so you just kind of exchange a glance and go about your business. Uh, Daggett or Arineal? Uh So for Arineal, once uh, Tara had kind of chatted with Gilly, uh, Arineal's going to kind of stand up and, and kind of whisper to Tara, 
Um, and she kind of gestures in Gandalf's direction and kind of like, we know who that is, right? You've told me tales, Tara. I believe you've. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed you saying Tara. I, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and so she'll just sort of do that to our thing. We're friends before. Oh, well, we should, of course, make introduction. I have not yet. Have you today? I have not. And so she just sort of takes your elbow and kind of moves you in the direction where Terrible. do we we'll see do we see him with. sort of cheese uh, hoarding he's, he's, just, he's just putting he's just putting wedges of cheese like biting a little bit and then tucking it away biting a little oh, bit make sure you away. get some of the the one with the white wine that that's pretty good no yeah. he looks over at the two of you um, you all correct and he puts a pox it a little bit more just kind of in the folds of his robe and you hear like a cough and the sound of Gilrain. Gandalf, are you coming? And oh, oh uh, yes, yes, yes. And he turns and he kind of looks at Reniel and Tara and kind of gives you a little wink. And then he just moves past you, like hurrying after Gilrain. Bumps his head uh, on the doorway as he passes. Oh, oh goodness! Uh, and then catches Tara up with giggles Gilrain. childishly at Reniel. <laughs> And Arrhenial was sort of had like talked herself into going and then he kind of walks away and then she just sort of like ducks her head a little bit. And I guess we should go we'll retake her seats. We'll, we'll definitely speak to him later. And so Arrhenial just kind of grabs some food and join the rest of the fellowship at the tables. Okay. Daggett, is there anything you wanted to do between the time in which you got scolded by Gandalf and the time in which the council starts? <laughs> Nothing major, but I think Daggett would have been a little annoyed that Gandalf had the gall to come up to him and scold him. But at the same time, Daggett wouldn't have the gall to go back up to Gandalf and restart anything. So I think uh, just like how Gandalf was watching him across the room, Daggett would like go from shadow to shadow and just watch Gandalf uh, to like <laughs> see what he's doing this whole time. Just kind of oh, stalking man. him from afar. Okay. Uh, go ahead, if you would mind. Uh, and, and even if you do mind, I don't care. Uh, roll a stealth <laughs> test. <laughs> All right, stealth. <laughs> roll a stealth test. Let me know how well you do. Come on, Ronnie. Thank you so much. Thank you for that sub. Uh, my dice are failing me. Uh, that's a failure. Okay. So you, you, you're kind of following along, moving around this long, this big old buffet table filled with food, trying to hide in the, in the shadows and such. And you're, you're a few feet behind him. Uh, and you just, you kind of, your hands start to shake all of a sudden for reasons inexplicably. And you find yourself once more dropping whatever it is that you were holding. And it makes this huge clatter and suddenly everyone's eyes turn and look at you, Daggett, including Gandalf, who's just staring down at you. Mm. Careful, Dwarf. Very careful. And then he just sort of walks past you, barely paying you any mind. Daggett's face, you can't see much of it between his helm and his beard, but it just, the cheeks go bright red 
uh, with shame and embarrassment. And he starts like scraping the food back onto the plate and realizing he had so much food that just sprayed everywhere that after he gets like half of it, he just in a huff, like picks up the plate and just leaves, uh, leaving the mess where it was. As you kind of, you know, hurry past, uh, you catch something out of the corner of your eye, like your peripheral vision. You just see a shadow on the wall, uh, kind of cast by some torchlights. There's some sconces here and there, some lanterns and stuff on the inside. There's still a, a little bit of sunlight coming in uh, from the balcony where Gilly and Bailey and Halberd were. Uh, but like you're kind of more in a, in, a, in a hall as you work your way back to that council room. And you just see like this shadow just move inexplicably. It just kind of makes no sense because everyone's walking past. You can see like obviously different heights are going to be these different sizes here and there. But there's one that's just kind of bends a little oddly. And when you turn to face it, it looks normal. But at the corner of your eye, just things shift and move slightly differently. I think uh, I would notice it, but I would still be too embarrassed and flustered to to really take heed of that. And I would just keep going. Okay. So after a few moments, uh, everybody, one way or the other, gets brought back into this council chamber with a very large circular table. Uh, you can see there's row, there's like chairs along the side to which you all are sitting. Bailey is sitting on the other side. You see Elro here and Eladin, uh, very pissed off because uh, no one went and talked to them. Uh, sit down uh, with this like totally like emo anger face on. Uh, and then you can see that Gilrain and Lady Aracel, all the people around there are now actually sitting. So these chairs have been pulled up with these high backs around the table. And you can see conversation begins and there's a couple folks that kind of introduce various bits of business. A lot of it is kind of mundane work uh, and they're kind of going through some, you know, some issues, some observations, rangings, things that were observed, you know, groupings of orcs or goblins here. You know, this a troll that was uh, kind of wandering out of the troll shaws to the north that uh, caused some trouble here and there. Very simple things like that. Messages from Rivendell News, you know, things like that. Elro here and Eladin come out and they kind of deliver some some communications to certain people. Uh, and so a lot of that is is very sort of business-like as it looks like they're avoiding uh, kind of diving back into the conversation once more. And at a certain point, um, Gil Rain uh, kind of takes her, her goblet and just stamps it against the table ever so slightly. I beg your pardon, Council, but I believe we have business from Terraneth. Um, Terraneth, could you step forward, please? She kind of looks over at Terra, and all of you, you're sitting next to each other. She does so. Uh, and beckons her friends. Now, uh, we only had a moment or two, but your information seemed to be very urgent and very concerning. I thought perhaps you might share with the rest of the council. Thank you, Lady Gilrain. Um, as you all know, my name is Tarnath, and I uh, am a ranger like all of you. I first want to thank you for the audience today. Um, Tara then goes through whatever uh, formal pieces need to be done to make this like really official, uh, and uh, will then say, um, as uh, much clarity as I would be able to offer, I would actually much prefer in this moment to uh, 
show the strength of of camaraderie and compatriotism, which is what we seek here today, by asking somebody from my fellowship to speak to what it is we need from you. And uh, with that sort of gesture sticking. Okay, so we're going to seamlessly now move into a council, and that sounded like the Mm -hmm. perfect introduction uh, to the council as Tara, you introduce yourselves and your your people. Uh, you're going to roll. Give us a courtesy roll. It sounds like you were looking to do there. So give us a courtesy roll. Um, so we're going to do a council. We're going we're gonna to actually shift into official council rules. Uh, if you've all forgotten how that works, uh, you all and I'll say like if Gilly is going to be the first one to talk, you can sort of we'll say outside of of the game really quick. We'll step outside the game while while Tara's getting that roll together. As you're about to speak to this group of very distinguished individuals, Gilrain, Lady Arasil, Gandalf, the frickin' Grey, uh, various other other folks, what are you hoping to gain? Like, what is what do you think? What do you want to get out of this? Uh, what what Tara would would like is the full two dozen or as close to the two dozen uh, rangers to assist, uh, to, to be part of this uh, troop day or to be allies okay. in our fight. So you want, so you actually want like troop reinforcement, like, yeah. like fighters. I, I want allies. I, I want allies for anymore. Okay. Uh, anything so else? I, 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 it would be ideal. I mean, like I'm saying from that two dozen just because that's what we just heard, but really any allies. Anymore. Okay. Uh, okay. So any, anybody else, is there anything you're looking to kind of get out of this, this council briefing you're about to have? I think like that. And then just to generally bring it further attention just how bad things have gotten um to people but emphasis on needing assistance because things have gotten so bad okay so it's it's, again it's just it's just assistance okay all right all right anything else like you're so you're just looking for actual reinforcements with some ranger scouts and you know fighters and things like that okay Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. I don't think that's outrageous. Um, I wouldn't put this at resistance nine. Um, I would probably put it in the middle. So I'd probably say resistance six. Like you're you're coming here and you're you're you know you're asking for for troops basically. You're asking for physical. So I would say I would just put it at six. So resistance six is probably where I'd say it's bold. Yeah, I think it's bold, but I don't think it's outrageous. I don't. I don't think it's outrageous at all. Because um, I wouldn't say reasonable because it is great danger for anyone going. So, like, I, I would say that's that. I wouldn't go that that low. So let's put it in the middle at the resistance six. Okay. How did you do on your courtesy roll there, Tara? Uh, real well. I got a nineteen with a twelve and a six. Okay, nineteen. Gandy. Well, oh, so you got a gandy. An extra six. So that's going to be what a great success. Um, yep. Okay. So we're just going to say, so the timelet is going to be equal to the resistance to the council plus one for each success icon. So uh, we're going to say resistance is six. Time limit is seven. So you essentially have seven chances, seven rolls here, seven things to say to get six, uh, which isn't particularly difficult. Uh, 
all right, so Tara just finished introducing. He turns and gives her attention. Gilly, do you step up and say something at that point? Uh, yeah, Gilly will step up and be like, um, I, my name is Gilly Kettlegrass. It is a pleasure to have all of your acquaintance. I believe we are best assisted with this. With further context, please allow me to spin you a story. You hear, uh, you hear like under, under your, like off in the corner, you just hear like this mocking tone, like, oh, now she's a storyteller too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and you know, Gilly doesn't even acknowledge it. Uh, yeah. I mean, Halberod like gives her a very dirty look when she does that. It's like, it's not like <laughs> anyone's approving of it, but you can definitely tell there's a little bit of sass. Okay. Yeah. But it, if there's like a bench nearby, what she'll do is she'll reach for Tara's hand and she'll step up. So she's standing and she's more visible to everyone. Okay. Um, and yeah, depending on how I roll, we'll Depend on how my story goes. <laughs> uh, what are you uh, looking to roll? Uh, either like in Harton, courtesy or lore. In uh, Harton makes the most sense. I don't think lore is going to make any sense here. Lore is more of a oh, knowledge fair. thing. So yeah. it's not really about like convincing or whatever. Uh, I think in Harton makes sense if you're looking to. Well, in Harton. Why? Do, I mean, like, what is it you're looking to say? You're just going to tell your your tale, tell the story of the, the fellowship. Is that, is that so what you're looking to do? She wants to paint the story basically like give further context of the issue of what we encountered when we visited to try and assist the people at Forland and mm. give basis of why we are returning and why we need assistance to return and how um a consequence of us not being able to deal with it the first time that forces of evil like the orcs and such have been traveling further and further south and then explain what we encountered at Tharbad is basically okay. the chunk that Gilly is narrowing on. Yeah. I mean, in Harden is really more about trying to uplift. Uh, I don't know Would if that's what you're doing. It's not scare. It's not scare. You're just like, you're scare. informing. Yeah. You're just informing, yeah. I think. Um, I mean, I, I would say just persuade. It seems like you're just trying. Uh, it's probably the closest. Like, it doesn't look like you're trying to you know, uplift them or give like a rousing, you know, let's go get them speech. It's just more okay. like, these are the things that we have been facing. Um, these are the dangers that is, that is happening. That kind of thing. Got it. Got it. All right. Uh, Mel, can I have one die? Uh, of course we have plenty. Yeah. And it, and I, I would say interaction, they're open. There's no modifier here. So everything will be just flat. Just flat. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Which I think... Goodness, it's a 10. 18. Cool. I beat it. My wits are 14. Rolled Success. a total of 18. I had one extra six. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So it's two successes. Okay. So you're just kind of telling them what's going on. Now, let's sort of like back this up for a sec. So you're telling them, are you starting with the story of like Rotag, the orcs that were in Coombe? Are you talking about you know, the travel She's, to like even dim. Yeah. She, she'll start with even dim so she can pull in that group. Um, mm -hmm. or if and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So to like acknowledge them and then explain where we went from there basically. And then how we did wind up traveling to help the elves and how, um, 
she will stress how we lost valuable members while we were out there, that this is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll name Marimbem and um, Tarendel, right? That was how Talendel. dare you? I'm you got sorry. his name wrong. All right, that's it's it. It's been so long. Resistance is now nine. It's now outrageous. <laughs> you can't even, such an offense. You got their name wrong. You're I was a trying crowd to find full of rangers. And you can't notes. even name the rangers right. <laughs> Ashley's wrong. Gilly's correct. But, uh, <laughs> oh, well, look who doesn't even know people's names now, Miss Storyteller. <laughs> Artists, everything. Oh, mm-hmm. um, okay. So what we see, we'll say this. We see like this little montage as like Gilly, you're standing on top of the seat. Mm-hmm. You're you're telling this story. Uh, people are paying attention. They're very, everyone's respectful. Um, you can hear the sounds of of like goblets and and steins that are you know tapped a little bit here and there. As you mentioned certain places like Orofin and his group, as you start to describe, you know what you attack. Now, the one thing I should say about nameless things, by the way. Um, they're not really referred to as nameless things. They're referred to, they usually have a name. They actually, strangely enough, they don't have names so much as they have like references, like, you know, the washer in the water or something like that. Yeah, That's that kind one's of how the they, doom of Nuenuel, The doom of right? Nuenuel is, uh, yeah. The da- yeah. That, that, that's So like you you mentioned that and you see uh, there are people within Orphan's party who like kind of shake their heads and like, uh, and like as you're like in, in the pauses in between what you're saying, they bring up like certain names and such that, that kind of mm-hmm. passed. Uh, and you can see like they help you like uh, along the way, like they're, they, they yeah. just add here and they, they don't interrupt you, but they're just kind of adding extra names here and there, people who passed, uh, you know, and, and you're getting kind of rapt attention. The mention of Talendil and Marimbin, the crowd, people in here, everyone knows those names, mm-hmm. uh, at the news that they have fallen, uh, is, uh, is, is quite troubling. And you can see there's like a there's a, there's a significant shift in the mood of the room as everyone's eyes go kind of downcast and sad. You start mentioning Forlond, uh, and you can see that the normally ill-attentive Elro here and Eladin suddenly become very interested uh, as you start talking about, you know, Lady Ortolos, and you start going through the troubles that the Forlond elves were having with their memories kind yeah. of being messed around with. And then you bring up the loss of, I assume Soren Deer at some point as well, right? Mm-hmm. And you can see they kind of suddenly are at rapt attention. Uh, whereas prior to that, they were paying, they were being respectful, but now they're almost leaning on the edge of their seat listening to this. And as you look around the room, everyone is paying Gilly great attention. Even Bailey Stonesinger at this point has kind of stopped her, her little heckling and is being respectful. And you can tell that Gandalf too is listening. Like he, his face is almost impassive. Once or twice though, Daggett, you see his eyes just flicker off and look at you and then flicker back. More than once, Daggett, while you're in the room, you can see that the torchlight as the sun begins to go down outside and becomes more reliant on the interior light than the exterior light, you see those flicker, that flickering go. Uh, it gets kind of cool as it's autumn and you can feel a cold, a cold wind start to waft in as well. There are some folks who like instinctively start moving their cloaks over top of their shoulders, but they all seem to be listening uh, to, to Gilly's uh, description of the events. Who would like to try to chime in next and how do you do so? Um, 
would it be okay if I also attempted a persuade, but from a different angle? Yeah, of course. Anything you want. I think Daggett would uh, almost in defiance of Gandalf uh, get up to start speaking and he would emphasize Gilly was talking about how bad things have become in the world and how we need to make things right again. I think Daggett would emphasize that these are the people to help. He would talk mm -hmm. about Arenial's like unyielding morality, Gilly's incorruptible heart, Floyd's strength of arm, uh, things like that, saying that these are the people that can lead this effort and push you back roll, the shadow. If you want Persuade, that's fine. It's also, I actually think that almost sounds like in Hearten as well. So if you want, mm -hmm. if that's better for you, you also can do that instead. Uh, Persuade's much better for me, so I'd like to do that if I can. Yeah, go ahead. While you're doing that, no. uh, thank you to a Mozzarella. Rella? Uh, thank you so much for the raid. Appreciate it. It's a Mozza raid. Uh, welcome we to have, the channel. Uh, audience dice if you would like any. Uh, I am he doesn't want them. Thank he doesn't you. want it. He doesn't want it. You don't stare at Gandalf right? and, and bust Gandalf's balls and take audience <laughs> dice at the same time. You know, uh, this Gandy in my dice tray begs to differ. Well, I'm going to uh, tell you. Ooh, I think, that's a great success. Considering everything that's gone, I don't see how Gandy should help you. Like, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two successes. Okay. So, as oh, you... I'm sorry, I forgot. Uh, if it's not too late, um, I'd like to use my broken spells as well, where my necklace uh, begins to light up one of the dwarven runes, and I spend a hope for uh, another success on Persuade. Uh, you certainly can. Oh, amazing. Uh, a couple things happen. That part as you again. start messing around with your trinkets, again, Gandalf... Seems that rapt attention, and you hear him under his breath, like as, and you see a little tuft of air come up as he says this, you have treasure hunters. And he just kind of says it, not, not necessarily derisively, but he says it as if he's thinking that out loud. You know, he's just sort of thinking out loud. Um, but as you, as you sing the praises of your peers, um, when you mention certain names, like you, there's people in the audience who, who reinforce that. When you bring up a renial, like Orifin very much defends uh, and brings, you know, and kind of comes to a defense and how, you know, how, how when, when everyone fell, when Cedric Dor fell, when, you know, when every one of the leaders of the group fell and it was left to him, it was a and the, the, the party that she leaned on. Um, when you bring up Terra, there's people in here like Gil Rain who seems to be very impressed uh, with, with Tara, at least from what she knows. Uh, you can see that like Vinutor as well kind of seems to be fairly, you know, fairly impressed with Tara. And even Lady Arasil, you can see her eyebrows suddenly raise as she looks out. These two young, young women who, who you know, they, they're somewhat known. Uh, but you're in a room filled with rangers who are of an older age. And we've got these two young people who are like coming into their own in front of this very council. And so you can see that you're definitely beginning to win folks over. When you get to like mentioning Gilly, there's a, a there's, you know, some eye rolling from Bailey. Uh, but you do hear Gandalf again, that kind of idle thinking of the hope it's all stout folk indeed. Uh, so, there's there's certainly reinforcement coming in. Like you're hearing positive uh, positive echoing. What's everybody else doing? 
next stage? Uh, I um, can can Tara go again, or have I already gone this one? Uh, you did the courtesy. So if, if Floyer or Renio wants to step in, I would say let's okay. let's see if they want to. If you've got nothing, then yeah, we can go back to Tara. Awesome. So when you said next turn, I misunderstood. Uh, it's uh, just more so of it's just more of I'm just seeing if they want if they wanted to do anything first. Go ahead, Arinel. Arinel, excuse me. Uh, so Arinel was thinking kind of in the strategic sense. So there's sort of been discussion of what's happened before and you kind of the things that we have done well and all of that. And so Arinial kind of wants to just kind of get down to kind of the the basics of the size of sort of what we're fighting and just the sheer numbers and how, you know, there are only so many of us and we've been able to do, you know, a, a decent job so far, but, you know, kind of the times that we've not been successful and just the need for sheer numbers of support. So I'm thinking kind of in the battle kind of direction of like, there's just too much. And at this rate, trying to go back to Angmar on our own will just be, you know, a suicide run basically, unless we have some additional support. So you're trying to, you want to use battle? Is that what you're doing? That's my attempt to kind of go in the strategic direction that like, you know, when, when we had, when we had this particular situation, this is what we did. But if we'd had more numbers, we could have done this. And, you know, given okay. that we have to go here. Okay. Um, sure. Go ahead. Roll battle. <laughs> It feel it, yeah, just yeah, just it's one of those things where it's like yeah, like I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I almost feel like it sounds like you're it sounds like persuade to me, but like because there is like a specific instead. there's specific skill for that, but like but I think no, I mean if you want to use battle, I know you want to use battle because it's favored and you can bust out your helm and you can I've got my helm, I got extra two d six, I've got magical successes yeah, 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 if yeah. I need them. I mean, it's a time limit of like seven. You've only done two turns so far and you're one success away from getting it. So I think you guys are in the clear here with this, but no, no, go ahead. Gamer. I really just want to roll a lot of dice. I know you do. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You just want to hear, you just want to hear the thud as all the dice fall. Thank you, Steven. Appreciate that. Holy crap. That was not Sarah? very good. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. No, neither, neither. Uh, but I'm gonna have to do math here because uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. If you want to put up a loading screen, or ten, yeah, you should probably <laughs> go back to load really uh, fast. I did actually succeed, but I literally rolled two ones, two twos, a three, a four, and a five. That's what you get. That's what you get. <laughs> I, I did end up with. Uh, Actually, let me check the helm because I think I might have a magical success from that. I do. So I have a magical success from the helm. No extra successes. Uh, okay. Uh, are you wearing the helm when you, uh, Argalib's helm, when you uh, stand up or do you have it taken off? Or I don't think she has taken it off since she got it. Like not even. What are you, a Mandalorian? I mean, <laughs> her hair is a mess. It's just a stank underneath there. Oh, God. 
Um, okay. So as you stand up, you've got the helm, uh, and you can see more than one person's eyes go up in the direction of that helm. They, they do. And they kind of see it. And there's some whispers as people have exchanged looks, even a few of them just go as so far as kind of pointing, um, as they see it. Uh, because you know, the, the helm itself, like you've kept it in good condition, uh, even though you originally got, it was battered and dented and all that kind of stuff, but it does have that crest, the Kings of honor, like you can see the crest atop it. And there are some in here who probably would be able to recognize it on site. You know, even Gandalf's eyes, you know, his, his bushy eyebrows go up, uh, at the sight of it. Your explanation of, you know, the, the te- you know, the tactical nature of like just needing these extra numbers, the failures of your previous treks, you know, um, what you needed, what you lost. It's, you know, it's effective. It's a little, you know, you stumble here and there, maybe over numbers or maybe it's just nerves, whatever it might be. It's probably, you know, you, maybe even yourself later on might think you could have said certain things better, but you say it effectively enough uh, that you can see folks kind of, you know, come together and they nod and, um, and before I resolve, I just want to touch on, give Floyd a chance. Floyd, you haven't said anything. Is there anything that you would have said? You don't have to, you know, you can roll or not roll. It doesn't matter. But like, would you have said anything at any point? Yes. Here's what I'd say. As you've heard, the stories that Gilly has presented to you, we've traveled as far west as, as far west as Forlond, as far north, Misty Mountains, and even south to Tharbad. These adventures are true. I dare say we've ranged further than you rangers yourselves. In all these escalades, escapades, and accomplishments that we've done, slaying trolls that stand 50 times higher than us, the shadow itself. Orc leaders with massive armies, not once, but twice. You're not the first people we asked to help. We've got dwarves. We've got armies from Tharbad. I've all agreed. If you agree to this, you'll be the first names in the history books to be written that have defeated this evil. So it's a it's a roller coaster of responses as you are both very prideful, but at the same time almost kind of call some of these folks out for their lack of uh, you know their lack of ability not being just out there just sort of hiding in the in the haven not ranging as far doing this and that. But after a certain point, you can you can see like the room has been sweet. There isn't a face in the room other than maybe Bailey who doesn't seem to have been swayed by much of what the group has said. And even Lady Aracel, you can see her eyes, she's been listening at rapt attention. And like her, she and Gilrain kind of exchange a look and a, and a nod. And Gilrain speaks. I thank you very much for. Jeff, I'm, I'm Jeff, so I- sorry. Can I just. Say one thing that I I don't know if it doesn't have to impact the outcome or anything, but it's a piece of information that I just want them to have. 
uh, if that's okay. Um, so sorry, but just before we move on, um, just to kind of like add on to what O'Neill said about these strategic piece. Um, uh, Tara, Tara doesn't think of herself as a hero. She thinks of herself as a soldier. And, and this is her like troop of fellow soldiers. So uh, she adds on to the strategic piece that O'Neill said um, and says that the reason that we need a fighting force that is as well-trained as we are able to provide is the quality of enemy that we are now facing. There's a growing threat of experimentation and breeding among the orcs who are becoming tougher. Uh, the ones that we fought recently were organized. They were leaving messages for each other. They had scouting parties. They had uh, they had markings of war paint on their bodies and uh and and so it when so Tara wants to make sure that they have that information as I said doesn't have to impact any of the outcome here but uh want to make sure that is absolutely um and I'll yeah and I'll we could even say like in just the, the depiction of the scene like Arineal is kind of going through like the you know some of the specific battles some of the failures some of the things that was that if we had this at this juncture with Rotag, we could have destroyed his whole army. If we had this, these support, when we went to Othringol, we wouldn't have had to retreat. If we would have done this and that, and like Tara, you are adding in the extra bits of knowledge that you that you learned throughout you know throughout the time as well. Little little hints, little bits of clues, little evidence that this is like there's this insidious growth as they're becoming bolder and bolder, and the reach of of whatever you know whatever shadow is growing within Angmar is becoming more and more. Uh, apparent uh, in your in your adventures, and I would say that at a certain point, Gilrain, when she speaks up, she stands. Everyone, everyone quiets, and listens, and she turns towards you and she says, "Thank you, my young friends, for your candor here. Thank you for the service that you have shown the Breelands, the Lone Lands." the ruins of our great kingdoms to the people of these places. Human, hobbit, dwarf, elf. Your heroism is a shining example of what we are mere remnants of. You've come here asking for our aid and you shall have it. We shall give you knowledge, we shall give you swords, we shall give you bows. You will have the aid of the rangers of the north when you return to Ingmar. And whatever evil there is trying once more to break free, we'll have enough to squelch it in its infancy before it can grow so large as to cast a much larger shadow over all of these lands. It is my promise that is our promise. And you hear like everyone in the room, when you first came in here, they were bickering, there was fighting, everyone in the room, Lady Erisil, Vinyator, Orithin, 
Halberat, all of them here, here, like everyone's like echoing it. They're stomping their, their steins here, here, everyone's agreeing. And then eventually she kind of holds up a hand, quiets everyone down and you look out, you guys have been at this for, for hours. It has grown, it's grown dark. Now we have been at this task for quite some time. We all very tired. Some here have traveled very far. We should, retire. we should retire now. Tomorrow we shall work out the details, shall take our volunteers. We shall see who will be going with you. But for now, rest tonight knowing that you are not alone in this fight. And with that, like, she just sort of dismisses the council and you see people start getting up from their chairs, shaking hands, clasping shoulders. People come over to you. Some that you know, Vignator, Orifin, everyone kind of taking their taking their chance to talk to you, to say something to you. Like Orifin will, you know, stand before Arineal and Floy and Gilly and they, I can't go with you, but I have many, many a very young, strong men and women would gladly fight with you. Absolutely. You can count on it, I am sure. And you can see Vignator comes over, says the same thing. He's like... And then Lady Arisil comes to you, Tara, and she says, almost a little, like you can tell, like there's there's a hint of like her pride is kind of hurt. Like, I only wish that you would have been more forthright with the dangers when you were at my table last night. I believe the conversations today could have been accelerated even faster. But know this, I support you. My house supports you. Indeed. Thank you for bringing this to our attention. Like she like stands in front of Tara. Like it's on the one hand, like she's very like supportive, but she's got to get that last yeah. little bit in, you know? For sure. So I will graciously reply. I, I Thank you for keeping an open mind. Indeed. Uh, Bailey, Stone Singer, Halberad, come over to Gilly. Halberad is like, um, Depending on uh, the numbers, I may accompany, I may not. It is, there is not much of support. The Shire is a very isolated community and there are many dangers lurking about it. I do not feel entirely comfortable leaving it undefended. And I will see who else volunteers and what your numbers are and perhaps I will go with you. And you hear Bailey, I'm not going. <laughs> well, thank you for your consideration. Uh, that's what we aim to protect is home. Well said. Well said. Good night. You see, they take their leave. Uh, you can see, like, Elro here and Eladin kind of come up to Floy, you know, into into whoever else, basically. And it's just, Soren, dear. Um, that name sounds familiar mentioned it last night as well i think i heard him you're right i did would you like to hear more of him i would indeed i would indeed and so like we see like floy and elro here and eladin kind of start moving out together as a three as we're telling the story you know, a little bit about sorendir we see gandalf come over and stand looking directly down at daggett well mr dwarf Seems you have uh, 
many a secret, many a story. You will be going back as well, I hear. Daggett is looking fairly smug, knowing that we did very well at the council. Mm -hmm. Of course, they'll need my, my arm and my axe. Your axe? <laughs> oh, my dear dwarf, I can tell you that your arm is certainly yours, but that axe belongs to someone else. And when they come in contact with it, I wonder who it will choose. You or its maker? Daggett gets a little flustered and his lips flap a little bit as he starts to say something, stops, starts to say something else, stops. You and that other brown wizard speak nothing but doom and gloom. I have fought orcs, I've defended my fellowship, and you both say that I will bring nothing but death. Was there more to that statement, or are we just spouting facts? Do you have anything nice to say? Mm -hmm. I believe I've said many nice things. The cheese is delicious, the atmosphere. Hmm. Mr. Daggett, I believe you misunderstand me. I say these things not to criticize you, but to warn you. You might face a choice at some point. I just hope you make the right one. That is all. Well, thank you for your warning. You could have started with that. Perhaps I could have. Now, I believe there are some snacks left in the hall. They have not yet restocked the larder. If you'll excuse me. He starts like shuffling off at that point. Be so careful with the plates. They're quite slippery today. He kind of looks at you. Hmm. Thank you. And he kind of turns back. He starts wandering. Once more, Daggett. Corner of your eye. A shadow just flickers across the wall in a way that just seems inconsistent with the way that the torchlight and all the people moving shadows just sort of looks uncomfortable to you. Something strange. This time I think Daggett would really focus on it and just stare at it for a while, just trying to, it's you know, he's those, not quite so flustered this time. It's one of those things where it's in the corner of your eye. And when you go to turn to look at it, everything looks fine. But then you see it once more again in the corner of your eye. And so you keep turning and then out of the other eye, at the corner of the other eye, you see it. And so every now, it's just, it, every time you try to look at it directly, it seems to dissipate and go away. It almost, it's, it's like, at a certain point, you might even think there's a fleck of something in your eye. But like you blink it away and it's kind of coming, going from each eye. And it's just, you can never quite get a full vision of it. But something just feels strange. And whenever you're doing this, whenever you're, kind of looking around, this cold gust of air comes wafting through from the outside. The torches begin to flicker strangely. No one else seems to pay any attention to it, uh, but you seem to notice it. 
Agate would just look angry and flustered for a bit, uh, just constantly, slowly moving to different torches before uh, settling in and probably following Gandalf to the snack table. Okay. So, unless there's something anyone, anyone wants, any, any, anybody wants to do, we can say people will retire for the evening. Um, you don't necessarily have to go all yeah. the way back to Lady Arisil's. You could easily just camp out. You can see there's plenty of folks here who are just camping out. Some who are finding place within the lodge itself. Some outside in the wilderness. It's not too cold just yet. It is autumn, uh, mid-autumn at this point. So it's getting cooler and cooler by the day. However, as you all fall asleep, and as you go through your dreams, you are once more assaulted by these terrible nightmares that began maybe two days prior, roughly the time in which you crossed over or just short of the last bridge, you crossed over the bridge into the angle, you were camping north of the Chieftain's Lodge. That was the first night. Then the second night when you were sleeping in Lady Aerosol's, uh, Lady Aerosol's home, and now again, it's transpiring. So to refresh your memory, I went back and I listened to the specific, uh, the specific uh, nightmares that you all had described. I'm not sure if you all kept kept track of it, but I did, Be- yeah. because oh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they have been getting they have been getting worse and worse and worse. Daggett, you uh, were dreaming about fighting against orcs and goblins, just hordes of enemies with your fellowship. And one by one, you watched as your allies would go down. You can see Floy fall, Gilly fall, Terra fall, Arrhenial falls. You see the, the images of your newfound allies going down as well. Uh, and your strength just fails you. And you can see that like you, every time you try and chase after one of your allies on the battlefield, they are struck down more and more violently. And... Yours gets a touch worse as well. How does it get worse there, Stephen? How does Daggett's dream of failing his allies and seeing them fall somehow worsen this time around? I think it would be almost exactly the same as the last one where he's giving orders and telling his allies to do certain things. And every time he gives an order, he actually sets up that person to... Uh, go into a mistake or be killed or ambushed or something like that. And then he watches each person die. Now with new allies, it goes on even longer. And after he's surrounded by this horde of orcs that are as strong as ever and all his dead companions and his arms are just weak, he's swinging, but nothing happens. The orc captain would be the final one facing him, just laughing at him. And Daggett swings one more time with Black Fong, and the captain just with one hand grabs the axe and pulls it out of Daggett's hands, kicks Daggett to the ground. Daggett looks up and then sees it's Lottie holding Black Fang again. And with just one large swing, she cleaves down and ends Daggett. Tara. You dreamt about basically being kind of taken over by the shadow, almost unknowingly serving it 
in a, this sort of slow, insidious manner to the point where like you were just kind of unaware of the change that you were kind of undergoing and where you were almost slaughtering people that you didn't realize was actually in the name of some great darkness, some great evil, where over time you just don't even realize that it's been befalling you, that, that you've had that kind of change, that shift. So with that kind of as the basis, how would this third iteration of this nightmare, which again is getting worse and worse each time, how would this have gotten worse in some way? How do you think Tara's nightmare might have accelerated? I think it's a... Uh, there's a strange replay of the events that just transpired. Um, Tara goes to Lady Gilrain and seeks time in front of the council and is able to convince the council with her friends to provide this elite fighting force. And it's all in service of the shadow. <laughs> and instead of fighting against them, it is for them. And she has been able to lie and manipulate her way through uh, these people who ought to have seen through her, but have made the mistake of trusting her. And uh, I think that is uh, ter terrifying for her, that that she has asked people to put themselves forth in this idea that it, it's not actually what, what she it, it's not versus the shadow. It's for the shadow, but she's able to convince them otherwise. It's not only yourself that is unknowingly or insidiously turning to shadow. You have now brought and opened the door for all these others. Exactly. To as yeah. Well. Yeah. Perfect. Gilly, yours was much like a groundhog day, if you recall. And yeah. it was, it was almost like a flashback as we saw that initial kind of rotag lesion of goblins and orcs that were, that were, hitting Coombe the, that started this initial campaign, in fact. Uh, but it, it was much more intense and they were much more direct to the point where Rotag's forces were actually attacking Coombe. They got into uh, the into Bree as well. And you rushed back to your home to try and each time to save your parents, but you never get there in time. Something always happens and you never reach back. And so every time you get back, you get back just in time to see your parents cut down before you. How does it get worse, Gilly? It, it gets worse in the sense that it continues to push upon Gilly and her potential failures. So uh, it starts with uh, obviously the battle that happens as they come down, they sweep, they annihilate Coombe, they annihilate Bree. It transitions. She's getting screamed at by Storandir in Gull as they're trapped in the room. Uh, him listing out all of her failures, how she can't ever do anything right for the party, how she's useless. And then it fades back out. She's she's kneeling over the body of Arineal as she's been stabbed and she's failed her. And she's witnessing as she's transitioning into this wraith-like creature to now serve the shadow. And it goes from there. Floy, he's been poisoned. 
he's dying. She's unable to heal him, save him from this poison. And again, his hands stain or his blood stains her hands. It travels to witnessing uh, Daggett. And in a moment where she decides that she doesn't trust him, that him and his brother are no good, uh, she betrays them. And they get killed, and and again, their blood is on their hands, on her hands. Uh, and it's just failure after failure after mm-hmm. failure. She can never do anything correct, no matter. All with the backdrop of Sor and Deer's voice, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of, yeah. and like that awful. Every time she thinks of Sor and Deer, there's that crackling noise, and it just as as she's laying there, she is is crying, uh, mm-hmm. kind of loudly as she's sleeping. Floy, you had a dream of an increasing paranoia about the party, believing that the party is scheming against you and is trying to steal your treasures, your fortune. And this is getting, that's essentially the, the, the themes of the dreams and the nightmares that you've been having. So how does it get, how does it get worse? So I've become a bit of a kleptomaniac. I'm just sort of thieving everywhere I go. And any, anyone I meet, I try to take something off of them. It doesn't even have to be of value. So I'm taking like wooden spoons, a cup of dirt, some old laundry, and I'm piling it all up in my vaults. When I get back, it just looks like a junkyard of all the things I've stolen. And it's just the path that I'm headed down. I'm just stealing and taking whatever I can. And from people who are have very little too. Like you're taking things from people. You're taking, you're taking food out of the mouths of babes and... And, and things like that is, and, and that's what you're stockpiling. Excellent. And then a renial. You had a dream specifically of the faces in Othran Gul. You dreamt about being almost trapped behind it and like watching through it, rewatching the your your failures, the group's failures in Othran Gul, Marimbem, Talon, turning around, uh, but also like the voices uh, or the faces, I should say, of that room, that icy face room, kind of as more and more familiar faces begin to kind of populate it. How are things getting worse in Arineal's dream? So I would say that she just kind of was part of a collective effort to convince more and more people to join this effort. And she already has felt quite a bit of guilt over Talendil and Marimbem and convincing them to come and them being killed. And so at this point, it is now pretty much every person that we've ever come across is now just sort of filing into the room and getting murdered and filing into the room and getting murdered. And so it kind of starts in the current of like all the different people that were in the council today. And like, and it's just this pile of bodies that just gets taller and wider and taller and wider as literally every face that Arineal remembers coming in contact with ever has been convinced to join this fight and is just like lambs to the slaughter. And so it's just this absolutely awful sense of we were successful and we convinced people to come with us and it means that they're all going to die. So all of you have these horrific dreams. I need everyone to go ahead and roll uh, a wisdom 
uh, shot like a wisdom test as you're trying to protect against shadow sorcery again. Uh, so if you're if you're doing this from your sheet, just click on wisdom. If you're doing this by hand, roll a d12 plus a number of d6s equal to your wisdom score. Uh, your target is your wits target number. Uh, that's a Gandhi and a great success. Okay. Just met at a 15. Okay. I feel great like you I feel like I, this is like a cheating roll. But I get a 12 and two sixes. Oh, it's fine. Nice. It's fine. So, okay, so you have two successes. Okay. Okay. Gilly, how'd you do? Great. Okay, great success. Okay, and a renial. Sorry, I got excited that I got two sixes and then realized I actually have to do the math just to make sure that that was enough. <laughs> yes, that was enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah, two so sixes. So it sounds like the Rangers, uh, you both had two sixes and you passed your roll, correct? All right, the two of you are fine. Mm -hmm. Gilly and Daggett, sounds like you got one extra six and you passed your rolls, correct? Okay, mm -hmm. both mm -hmm. of you take one point of shadow. Floyd, it sounds like you just got a straight pass. You take two points of shadow. As you all struggle awake, you feel groggy, you feel sore, you feel thirsty and drained. And when your eyes open, it's a relatively bright room. You don't have any real memory of this place. As you look up, you can see that each of you are in a bed. You're probably not in the same room either. A couple of you are probably in one room, a couple of you in another. This looks wholly unfamiliar. You see various trinkets and things hanging on the walls. Doesn't look like Lady Arasol's home. It doesn't look like the outdoors near the Chieftain's Lodge. It doesn't look like the indoors of the Chieftain's Lodge. You hear the sudden clearing of a throat uh, and we'll say a Rennie on Terra since the two of you do the best. See the two of you in a room and you groggily get up and you can see that there's a young, young woman, the same woman that was helping Orifin around that's sitting nearby. Daggett and Floy will say you two are in another room. You struggle awake. You look up and you can see there's Gandalf with his pipe just going, just like his like his far away look on his eyes. He's just sort of staring off into the wall. Is he smoking a pipe? Gilly, you wake up and you can see there is a Bailey Stone singer just kind of drawing something. And you know, you hear Gandalf to oh, look who's awake. Sleeping. Sleeping on the job, it seems. And as we kind of shift between rooms. We come back to that young woman, Arineal and Terraneth again. You're feeling groggy, this dry feeling in your mouth. She looks at you. I thought you uh, would never wake up. You've been asleep for a week. We're going to go ahead and end it there uh, for this evening. And we'll touch on that next week. All right. What wow. just happened? <laughs> I don't know. What the hell? I'm just yeah, you said no time it. jumps. 
<laughs> I warned you guys in the beginning when I said five years. And it was all Wouldn't a dream. Great? What the hell, Jeff? <laughs> it's not all a dream. You've just been asleep for a week. That's all. I want to sleep. Oh, my goodness. Great session. Holy crap. <laughs> so good. Got, you're on this Starship Enterprise. You're in the holodeck. <laughs> the it's the end of Enterprise. Anyone ever oh, watch the end man. of Enterprise? Like the, the actual Scott <laughs> Bakula one? It was all just a freaking holodeck thing. Great. Yeah. Oh, God. Spoiler. Uh, okay. <sighs> Fantastic. Griffin, thank you for that sub. Under the wire. Love it. Love it. Uh, okay. Uh, let's. Uh, we're back. We're it's back. very exciting. So yeah. excited to be back. Yeah. I, I totally forgot rules. I'm like, how do we do councils again? I'm like, oh, that's right. I have all <laughs> the notes in Foundry. And I looked it back up. So I was like, oh, there we go. Perfect. Glad I typed that up. Uh, okay. Let's uh, let's get on out of here. Let's uh, do some plugs. Coming up Monday. Actually, no. Let's start with my tray. My tray. What are you up to on the internet? So you, you doing anything lately? Uh, I'm actually taking a bit of a break from my uh, YouTube channel, My Three Plays Games, and I'm looking forward to getting back to it shortly. I had some real life stuff that, that got in the way, but uh, that's uh, hopefully done now. Uh, and and yeah, but I have a backlog about 40 videos if you want to check that out. Um, yeah, that's me. Perfect. Drop the links in the chat if you're watching this right now. If you're watching this later, take a look at the show notes on YouTube. Uh, there are links to all of my trace stuff. Uh, let's see. For us, the next stream we've got is Monday as we'll be back to Holler for Savage Worlds. Wilson and I are in that game. We're coming up very close to the end of that campaign. Uh, I would say somewhere in the neighborhood of like three, four, maybe five sessions left. I don't think it's going to go that far, but maybe three or four sessions left. So we're getting pretty close to the end. Uh, Tuesday. Stephen, what are we doing? We're playing. Hot dog princess. Um, special ops hot dogs are going undercover at a beauty pageant. Uh, it's very patriotic for the 4th of July. My Trey's played it, so she knows how chaotic it'll be. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Come join us. Fantastic. Uh, then, very excited, uh, Friday, we are starting a new game or an old game. We've played it before on the channel. It's been a while, but we are back to Delta Green. Uh, one of my favorite games uh, we ran on possible landscapes, if you're familiar with it, which is sort of a, I don't want to spoil what it is. I shouldn't say what it is. It's a campaign for Delta Green that is phenomenal. And we ran that on the channel. You can see it on our YouTube, your YouTube page. Uh, but we're going back to Delta Green uh, and we're going to do a different campaign. Uh, it's going to be, uh, I'm going to splice together a few different things. Some, some Delta Green scenarios, some modern Call of Cthulhu scenarios, and a few of the things that uh, I just want to come up with. Uh, so we're starting that up next Friday. So come check that out. It's going to alternate on Fridays with Conan. Uh, so, uh, you'll see most everyone here, my tray new, but Derek is going to pop in if you're, uh, familiar with, uh, with his, um, his elevator his shenanigans and his <laughs> swimming, swimming, yeah, skills swimming skills. skills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it should be a fun time. His character is uh, pretty phenomenal. Uh, that he is, <laughs> his pitch is, is pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, and then, uh, then Saturday we'll be back with more wondering. That's it. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and uh, raid our friends over at the Boys in the Baltic Star if you want to follow that. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you to the Matsu Rel channel for, uh, for, for rating. Really do appreciate it. Go follow them if you haven't already done so. And if you're not following this channel, and if you're not subscribing to us on YouTube, if you're not subscribing to my tray on YouTube, please do. I, I can always speak for myself, but this is all I have in life. Uh, so as the numbers go up, my self-worth uh, also goes up as well. So uh, it'd be great. So, bye-bye.